Hey, Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with a very good friend of the house, Pastor Dave Hernandez, in a message entitled, The God Who Sees Me. Enjoy this message. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Pastor Omar is not bitter. He's better. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yes, we... uh, I'll share briefly with you, and then we're going to get into the word, but uh, yeah, we are, my wife and I, uh, we've pastored in Cerritos for five years, pastored here for several years, pastored in Hawthorne several years, in Huntington Park, um, but uh, we are transitioning out, and we are going to move to Texas. We already, uh, we already... We already gave up the church, and it's still rolling, doing well, and we're excited for that. We know they're going to be blessed. Um, you know, it's, it's really awesome. I was thinking, you know, we are actually going to move into Texas, and we're going to be attending Re, uh, Reclaim in Hutto. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, the pastor is my son. He's our son, so... We're going to go be with them. But I realize, you know, after all these years, we're back in Reach Network. <laughs> we, we've come full circle. <laughs> we've come full circle. Amen. And I am excited. We're, my wife and I, were excited about the next phase of our ministry, of what God wants to do with us. Uh, you know, uh, I had an idea that, that we had an idea that we would, we would pastor church, just like, like Pastor Omar and our friends they pastor for three years, you start planting churches, you see the development of a fellowship, and you're there and doing what God wants you to do there. And that's what we, I thought we were going to do. I really did. In the beginning, that's kind of where we were headed and looking toward. But I'm looking back now, and I realize, it, obviously, a very different, a different journey. But years and years ago, when we pastored our first church, we pastored our first church in Hawthorne, and... And we, were had, we had a great time. You know, we had a great spurt of revival for a few years. And then it just kind of, the, the enemy hit us. And it became a real difficult time. Lost a lot of people. We were just working in the church. Um, you know, just doing what we knew we were supposed to do. And I went to a pastor's retreat. And you know, a pastor's retreat, you tend to hear great testimonies, right? You hear pastors talking about, you know, they had 8,000 people. You know, they opened... We opened, we opened two weeks, we have like 8,000 people in our church. And I'm sure they were kind of stretching a little bit, but you hear about people getting buildings, right? I mean, we were struggling to keep building. We ended up at our house at one point. We were in Hawthorne. We had a building after that, but we, were, we ended up at our house at some point. And I'm sitting there during this pastor retreat hearing pastors about talking about they got this building for free. Someone came and handed them keys. And I wasn't better. I was bitter. <laughs> But I, but I did. I, we, I walked in that retreat hurry, you know. It was, and we've been to a lot of retreats, but this one particular one. <clears throat> and I walked in there hurting, thinking, man, God, I just need, I, you know what? I need to set this pastoring thing aside, just go back to my mother church, and I'll just be a regular guy. You know, because, you know, just have ministry in the church. We can just come to church and do a few things, and maybe it's just not for us. And at that retreat... I don't remember the sermon, but it, uh, I remember the, the response and the feel that the whole, I had with the Holy Spirit that moment. I went to the altar, and I know I'm, we're going to pray in a second, so you keep going, okay? Praise God. I just may preach the whole time and just let her keep playing. 
uh, and we and we uh, I went there and and, and I. And I went to the altar, and I'm just, you know, I'm weeping because I'm feeling horrible about stuff. You know, what a failure, and man, God, I don't know, you know, what did I do wrong? You know, I made some mistake. What, what's wrong with us that I got to ch- change and work on? Because I was open, right? I'm open, whatever you want to do with me, with us. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm praying and praying, and, and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I've never forgotten that. And I'll tell you, from that day forward, that was... I don't know, 1990-something, mid-90s. And I felt the Lord tell me, don't be ashamed of what I've done with your life. And so I got up from that altar, saying, you know what, God, if you want me to pastor 25, 30 folks for the rest of my life, I'm going to, one thing, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to do the best I can. And secondly, I'm going to enjoy it. So whatever happens, whatever road you take me on, I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to do the best that I can. So, so the story's a little different than my wife and I started out with when we first sent out to, were sent out to the pastor of the church in Hawthorne. It's a little, it ended up different some 30-some years later. We, we started pastoring the same year, too. Some thirty-some years later, it ends up a little different. Being here, uh, in the we, you know when we, we we're here together working in this church, it was just a wonderful experience. We had a blast. Then we we did a couple other things, and then we ended up here at Cerritos, and and now we're going to Texas. It's just another phase of God's ministry, and I and I I never have since that day, back in the mid '90s, I never have and I never will be ashamed of what God's done with our lives. Because I believe that this journey is orchestrated by the hands of God. And I just want to please Him. I just want to please Him. You know? And, and, and living that way is true freedom. It's true freedom. It's true freedom. I dare say that there may be Christians today that are looking at their life and thinking, man, I've messed up. I'm a failure. I haven't lived up to what God wants me to do. Or I don't feel like I can do it. Or maybe a little embarrassed or ashamed or, or bothered by the journey that God's taken you on. But I want you tonight to snap out of that. Did you hear me? Snap out of that. Don't be ashamed of what God's done with your life. Don't be ashamed of what God's done with your life. So we go through this journey, and it's a wonderful experience. I'm going to go work with my son, my sons in their ministries. I'm going to go work with my sons in their ministries. I'm going to go work with my sons in their ministries. I'm a happy man. Amen. (laughs) I'm going to enjoy it. Amen. I'm going to enjoy it. Amen. I can do the best that I can at it. Amen. We're not going because of the social or political climate in California. I'm not afraid of that. I know California's going to have revival. Amen. No matter who's in office, no matter what mandates there are, no matter what they try to do, California is going to have revival. 
So we're not leaving for social or political reasons. We don't move in that way. I'm not going because of family. Yeah, Diga moved over there. Mike's already been there with his family. We're not going because of family. One of the hardest things for this season for us right now is <laughs> we're leaving our, our, our little grandbabies that are the Muni's, the Muni's kids. So we're not going because of family. Our family has a great record of going wherever God wants us to, no matter what, where the family is. We do that. We're not going because we're a young couple thinking it's going to be better for our family. That doesn't work. Can I tell you right now? It doesn't work. If you just go, if you just make a move, say, well, I'm going to just be just for my family. I want to make it better. Like even churches, right? You know, even churches, you know, it's better for my family. It doesn't work unless it's God's will. So we're not going for our family. Our kids are all grown. We're not, you know, we're not trying to, you know, well, I can have a better uh, uh, life out there. I can buy a house. We own a house. We have a house in California. I'm not going because of, because of that. We are simply responding to the direction of the Lord. That's what we're doing, just like we've always done. Doing it again. So I want to share with you a thought about this journey. And in this journey, the roads that we take, the roads that we take, we're going to go through, we're going to take a look at Genesis 16. We're going to use that as a text. But how many know that, that God's names, we're going to pray in a second here. We are. How many know God's names described his character or his characteristics? Jehovah Jireh is what? Our provider. Jehovah Nisi. He's our banner. That's a, that's a picture of war when they raise the flag. Jehovah Shalom. You guys know this one? The God of peace, our peace. Have you ever heard his name, Al-Rohi? Some of you have. Al-Rohi is the God who sees me. When we say the God, say God sees, we mean he looks at you. He looks at you. He is, he is, look at me, look at me. He is aware of you. Al-Rohi, the God who sees. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not invisible. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time together with this wonderful people. I thank you, Father, for the blessing of serving you. And I just ask, Lord, tonight that you would use me as a vessel for your glory and your honor. Lord, that you would speak. Not, not just what I want to say or what I feel I think I need to say, Lord, but you speak. Minister and heal and bring victory and encouragement and joy, Father. Let your word be a light and a life unto us tonight. In Jesus' name. And everyone that agreed said amen. Amen. You may go down. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. This was open. Is this mine? It is mine? Who opened it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wanna, was it Renee? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I trust him. But was it? No. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I had, a, I had a great experience with my grandson, Daniel. He's the oldest of all the grandkids. 
And uh, we were building a fort in my backyard, right? We got the cardboard box, we put it together. I mean, it wasn't just like a regular box house. We cut windows, we cut doors, we folded things so it was tight. And I mean, we spent a little bit of time on it. And we're back there building it and we finished it. It looked great. So we got in it. Believe it, I got in it. We got in it. We got in it. And we sat down and he says, and he looks at me and he says, Now what, Papa? (laughs) So so it was was a blast, right? It was a great time. (laughs) After all this work and effort, right? We're sitting there. It's an empty box now. Now what, Papa? (laughs) And, and, you know, so so I, 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 I thought about that. And I realized that this is a very good question that we should never grow out of asking now what papa not asking me because i'm not god but with our heavenly father after work and effort hurt or frustration during the journey of this christian walk sometimes there's failure disappointment or even just living for the lord In circumstance of life, in ministry, there are choices to be made. There are roads to travel. There are steps to take. And a great question that we need to never stop asking is now what, Papa? What's next? What is my next step? Of course, we go to the word, the Bible. We hear his voice and we ask him that. Lord, direct my steps, I'll obey. And as he speaks to us, we hear his voice. And we remember the scripture, Proverbs 3, right? We all, you may have a plaque of this, with this on your wall somewhere. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Verse 5, don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Doesn't that sound great? The problem is, is we don't always take the path he shows us to take. But he will show us the path. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So let's take a little bit from Genesis 16. Genesis 16. With Abraham, Sarai at the time, and Hagar. Most of you know the story that God had promised Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a child. That he's going to birth a nation through them. We, most of us know that story. Well, God had promised them that. It took a real long time and it wasn't happening. So Sarah tells Abram, hey, go ahead with your concubine, which was a normal, uh, uh, was a practice back then. Go ahead with Hagar and have a baby. And he's like, well, if you really want me to. <laughs> so he does. She gets pregnant. And when she gets pregnant, the Bible says that Hagar begins to treat Sarah contemptuously, right? She has this attitude towards her because she has the baby and Sarah doesn't. Well, the mama of the house doesn't like that. So she's pretty ticked. And she tells Abraham, you need to get rid of her. And Abraham says, hey, you handle it. You're the one who told me, you go take care of it. And so she does, she starts, she treats Hagar very badly uh, she, she begins to, she kind of turns the heat up on her in the home. So Hagar, she finally gets to a point where she says, I can't take this anymore. I'm done with this lady. I'm not going to take it anymore. I've got to get out of here. 
I've got to get out of here. So she takes a step on a road. Pregnant and hurt, she leaves. And as she's on her journey, we pick the story up in Genesis chapter 16, verse 7. It says, the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to shore. You know what really encourages me about this verse? Is that it says the Lord found her. You know why he found her? Because he was looking for her. And in this context, and we'll see that towards the end of the message, but in this context... She has this, Hagar has this experience with the Lord, the angel Lord, and she has this encounter with him. And after this encounter, she says, she, from that day forward, she called God Al-Rohi, the God who sees me. Because he had went and searched for her when she had left from Abram's home and he found her. And she called him that because she, he sees her. And I, 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 as I was going over our message tonight, before we came, I realized that there may be some here that need to hear this. Listen to this. This is from the Lord to you. You are not alone. In the circumstance that you are facing right now, whether everybody knows about it, whether nobody knows about it, the internal battle, the external battle, you are not alone. God sees you. God sees you. And these words are an answer to your prayer. That you've been asking for. He sees you. You're not alone. Because he sees you. He looks for you. He searches you out. Even when you're not where you should be. You know one of the things. I don't know if you guys still pray. Pastor Omar remember this. We used to pray. Lord when we knew somebody was back, going back into the world. Lord let them not get high anymore. Let When they smoke that dope. Let it not change anything. Let it be a horrible high. Let every bit of alcohol make them sick to their stomach. And when they go to a party, Lord, make it like the most miserable time they've ever had. Do whatever it takes to get them back to you. Amen. We're going to start praying that for some of you. Amen. That, that it happens that way. Amen. And he found her. She wasn't where she was supposed to be, but he found her. And we always sense this in, this, in, this, in our spirit. We sense this. We, we know this. It's a natural understanding or knowledge as a Christian. We said, and I know God is with us. We sing about it, right? He's with us. He'll never leave us. He's not going to forsake me. I know he's with me. But we don't always acknowledge it. We don't always feel that on the outside when we're going through stuff, when we're questioning things, when we're taking a step on a road. He is with us. In Ezekiel chapter 34, it says, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them. He found Hagar out of her place, avoiding her duty as a servant in the house of Abraham and going further and further away from where he had called her to be. When he finds us out of our place, avoiding our duty, drifting from his will, his spirit will meet us right where we are. He'll meet us as we've taken a step on that road when, when we're making decisions in life and, and we're wondering what to do, what, what's the next step, right? He, he will guide us. He will speak to us. He's going to challenge us. 
because none of us are exempt to, from taking that wrong turn or making that wrong decision. Can I tell you something tonight? Listen to me. God leaves room for your mistakes. Did you hear me? God leaves room for that. I used to, you know, we used to feel like this. Well, you know, you sin once, you lost your destiny. I've realized over the years <laughs> that your destiny is not that fragile. The will of God for your life is not that fragile. Now, it doesn't mean you can stay in sin. We know that, right? We can't just keep playing around and doing our thing and expect God to move for us. But the reality is, is that even, even when you're going in the wrong direction or you've made a bad decision, especially when they're honest mistakes, God leaves room for that. It's not over. Did you hear me? It's not over. It's not. You're saying somebody's, oh, yes, it is. No, it's not. I can hear it. I hear you. I hear you. Oh, yes, it is, Pastor Dave. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's not over. He's with you. He sees you. Even when you're not where you're supposed to be. He's coming after you. And you come to church and you come to church and sometimes in some seasons you might find yourself dragging yourself to church. But when you get here and you begin to sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you, we'll have to come three or four or five times till we finally humble ourselves and come before the Lord. But things are happening in us. We can sense it. There's something in our spirit that we know that we know that we know that God is with us and he's calling us like he did Hagar. He's pulling us back saying, come on, come on. You can do it. You can do it. Come on. Come back, come back to where you need to be. Get back, Jojo. Amen. Some of you guys are going, who's Jojo? Look it up. Amen. Because you can, you know, you can still you can come to church and still be distant from God. And so he's calling you constantly. He's constantly calling you. I remember I was doing a men's discipleship years and years ago. And, and I was a guest speaker, right? And, and, and I met this church, pretty good size, men's discipleship. And, and the, the, the guy up there at the MC or the song, I don't remember who it was, he says, hey, if you've had a horrible day, you had a tough time, and you just really need God to touch you, come to the altar and start worshiping. So I get up and I go. I'm a guest speaker. But I, but I, never, I never resist going to the altar. I look for reasons to go, Right? So I, I go up to the altar and I'm worshiping. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, praise God. Great worship, great feel. Sir, worship ends. I turn and I'm the only one up there. <laughs> and now I'm going to preach to you about living for God. <laughs> right? But you know what? Honestly, I don't worry about the people that come to the altar. I worry about the ones that I know that they should be here and they're in their seat. That's the ones I worry about. All right. That's four of you clapping. Praise God. Rest of you hit the altar, right? So when he finds us out of that place, he draws us back. He finds her, and then he asks her a question. He finds Hagar, and he asks her a question. And he says to her, where have you come from? Isn't that an interesting question? I think God already knew. She might have known he knew, but he's creating an interaction with her to get her to think about something. Where have you come from? What is the first response? I would think that I might have, if I were in that situation, the first response would probably be, well, I came from somewhere that I was really hurt. Wow. 
Where did you come from? That moment, that season, that interaction, whatever negative it was that made her leave is where she thinks she came from. Which has some truth. I took a step on a road because I was hurt. So I made a decision, I took a direction, and in in her case, it was stepping away from where God had placed her. I'm not talking about a church or anything, I'm talking about a lifestyle, the will of God in general, right? Which includes those things. But she made a decision, and, and when that question comes, that might be the first response. I left the place from where I got hurt. It could be a relationship. Well, the last time I talked to them, they really hurt me. So I separated myself from them. Now, I'm a Christian, but I don't know if I can ever forgive them. I told, I was talking to Evangelist John there, and I was was telling him, you know, I think, I really feel the Lord kind of impressing, you know, I, I don't have statistics or anything, but I feel like the, one of the, Greatest hidden sins is in the church is unforgiveness. We think of pornography and lust, those things there too, and we gotta give victory. We think of all those things. But we, we kind of just settle and say, okay, well, don't worry. But Jesus said, if you don't forgive them, my father's not gonna forgive you. I need forgiveness. So I'm gonna forgive everybody I can. Right? Did you hurt my feelings? I don't know if you did or not, but if you did, I forgive you. (laughs) I need forgiveness. So she came from a place of hurt. She left her duty, left her blessing. And I and I and I think about this question that God gives her. And it says, in a moment, in a moment, you need to stop on that road. You need that where you you started a journey because of hurt. He says, Where have you come from? Well, I came from where I was hurt. Yeah, you were hurt there. But what was also there was my will. It was my peace. It was my joy. It was my forgiveness. It was my supply. It was my victory in your life for you. It was freedom. It was where I called you to be. Where'd you come from? It's not just a place of hurt. You've got to reconsider what you've left because of the decision that you made about walking in that hurt, taking that road. What you left is that opportunity to see God heal somebody, deliver somebody because of your life, because of your love, showing them your love and the grace of God, an opportunity to minister. Listen, there are people that have changed and made moves out of hurt and they left behind them people who needed them. To live for God. They left behind them ministry. They left behind them. And and even even the joy. The joy of being in God's will. And and that excitement and stirring. I'm not saying you have to stay in one place all the time. I mean, who who would I be to do that? Amen. I'm leaving to Texas in a few weeks. See ya. Amen. But, but, But what I am saying 
is that in that spiritual realm, the roads that we take, we have to understand that if we make decisions and step on a road or take a direction, amen, that because of hurt, then God's going to challenge us. If it's not his will, if it's not what he desires, amen, he's going to challenge us to get back to that place. You know what he tells her? Don't look at the scripture. Let, here, listen to me. Trust me, you can look it up later. He tells her you need to go back and submit to Sarah. She's the one who hurt me. You don't understand. We're t- but he's talking about humility. You want to have victory in your life. You want to have freedom in your life. You want to walk in that, 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 that wonderful course of God's will and, and dance and sing and be joyful and see victory and be fruitful and multiply. Amen. You want to experience all that God has for you. And I want you to, your pastors want you to, people that love you want you to experience everything that God has for you. Just go back to that place and humble yourself. It may not be a, a, geogra- a geographical place. It may not be a, a particular group. It may not be any of that it's just a a a state of mind that says you know uh, i i gotta get back to where god wants me to be Uh, even though i i suffered some hurt there uh, i've got to get back to where god wants me to be and again i'm not talking about geography or physical thing i'm talking about a spiritual state of mind i've got to let it go i've got to let it go he says go back and submit yourself to sarah consider where you've come from Stop. Consider. God asked Hagar, where have you come from? Amen. And it's funny because I have this right here. He doesn't just want us to feel better. He wants us to be better. (laughs) He asked her where you come from. You know, he asked her a second question. Where are you going So I'm not going to take too long with this question. But it's most likely that she was heading back to Egypt. See, she wasn't an Israelite. It's most likely she was on a road that leads back to her previous life. Right now, in her state of mind, it's like a place of comfort. It's like a place of ease. It'd be like, you know, sometimes when new believers are struggling... You know, they have a really bad day or difficult time. You know, they may go, you know, get drunk again. Right? New believers, they're still learning how to walk. Now, if you've been saved 25, 30 years and you're doing that, yeah. <laughs> so she says, he says, he sends her back, but he also says, consider, consider this, where you're going. And, and, it, and, I, and I really ask the Lord to help me to, to, to share this or explain this well. Try to be as clearly as possible. Because it covers a multitude of things in life. It's just a part of what we have to do to evaluate things. Where are you going? It would be like, it's like this. Okay, Hagar. You, you took a step. You started on a road. A path. You need to consider where this path leads you. If you continue on that path, where does it lead you? So when we think about the battles that we face as believers, it's different decisions we make. 
pursuits we have, not, not necessarily evil things, but we take a step and you have to consider where does this lead you. A good example is in marriage. Marriage. <laughs> My wife gets a joke. You guys don't have to. Amen. Is marriage. Where will these actions, the acts that you're taking lead you? Oh, I'm going to get her on this one. Yeah, I got her now. Busted. She said she wouldn't do that anymore. Man, I got her now. Okay. Okay. You can use that ammo. And when she walks in, (laughs) you start on a path, but where does it lead you? Where does it lead you? Talk about wisdom. Where does it lead you? Well, it's my right. I can say this. I can do this. It's my right. It's my right. (laughs) Okay. It is your right. But where does it lead you? You're taking a step. You can choose to take this step on this road, or you can say, take a step on this road, and at the right time, in the right place, say, babe, you know, I noticed you did that with the credit card, and... And we had talked about it. We got to figure out a way to make this work. Not. Right. All right. You don't have to believe me. Just practice it. Amen. So consider, consider where you're going. Where are you going with this? I've, I've actually asked that question to people that come to my church. Come to, this is happening. I don't know about this. They're saying this. And that. Okay. Where are you going with this? Where is this going to take you? Is it worth it? Is it necessary? Is it righteous? Where are you going? Where are you going? God guides her to return home. And the angel of the Lord says to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. This is verse 10. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. I understand about Ishmael and all the problems that were created after that. But God makes it, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply your seed. I'm going to give you more descendants. And you know, for a woman at that time, that is one of the greatest experiences, greatest things you can have is multiple, multitudes of descendants. So here's the deal. Alro, he sees you. He sees everything about you. And he loves you anyway. Thank God. But he sees you. You're not invisible. You're not alone. You know, we sometimes we look at it like a threat. God's watching me. Oh, my gosh. Did he watch me last Saturday? I hope not. But this isn't a threat. This is an encouragement. He sees you. And because he sees you and knows everything around you, you can trust his guidance. God sees the past, the present, the future, and he sees it all, in one, all at once. So we can trust his guidance. We find his guidance in the word, by his spirit. His word is the lamp. His spirit is the oil. And it comes alive in us because he is Al-Rohi, the God who sees. God sees right where we are. He sees right around the corner. 
He sees where he desires us to go, what he desires us to do. He sees your struggles. He sees your victory. He sees your heart. After this encounter is where Hagar said, he said you, she said, you are the God who sees me, and I've seen you. Trust the guidance of the Lord because he sees it all. In every circumstance of life, when we're on the mountaintop, whether we're in the valley, we can trust him. So let me finish with this. Ask you, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? I thank God for those who can testify that they say, well, God tells me, I just do it. I just go. I don't even think about it. I know God has to help me sometimes because I think about it too, too much. But I know I can trust him. What is God saying to you? What is he saying to you? Even in this moment, we're going to pray. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you about the things you've been asking, about the decisions you need to make, about areas of your life. And you need to know, you need to know that he sees you. He looks at you. He's aware of you. Respond to his guidance in obedience. And you'll find yourself on that road to that wonderful fruitfulness like Hagar. With all descendants that you can't even count. Respond in obedience. Where'd you come from? Where are you going? Well, get back there and submit yourself. Submit yourself and walk in my blessing. It's right now. The past is gone. The past is gone. It's over. Can't do anything about it. Don't feel bad about it. Don't worry. Just... Give it to God. It's under the blood. The future's not here yet. Only God sees that. Right? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Amen. It's right now. What is God saying to you right now? He wants to heal you of hurt. He wants to give you victory over fear. He wants to help you to walk on that road. He's called you to walk and walk in his will. I want you to stand to your feet with me those of us that want to pray are going to pray the rest of you will will just have an attitude of worship an attitude of prayer I've had to do this multiple times in my life and and, and I'll probably have to do it again sometimes I'll just close my eyes and I'll ask the Lord What do you want me to do? And the scripture will come to mind. Spirit will bring to light words he's spoken to me through his word. Sometimes I'm excited about it. Sometimes I'm nervous about it. Sometimes I'm very unsure about it. But I want to be a man who lives please God so we ask what now Papa what now I don't know how I'm going to get through this I don't know how you're going to how, how you're going to do the, a miracle Lord I don't know how you're going to make it happen what now 
I failed again. I've disappointed you again. What now? And he calls to us and says, I've never left you. I'm watching. I'm with you. So I'm going to open the altar for prayer. And if you're like me, and you just say that simple prayer, what now, Papa? And you say, I'll do what God asked me to do. Maybe you're already doing it. But he's going to ask you for something else. Right? And you say, I'll do what God asked me to do. So I'm going to open this altar and we're going to pray and sing. and We're going to ask God and let God speak to us. I think some of you just need an encouragement to know that, that, that as difficult as that next step seems, he's with you. He's going to help you. And through that, there's a great fruitfulness and blessing in your walk with him. Amen. I just have to say this. It may be, have to do with, with, with provision. And, and we're not money hungry around here. I know Pastor Omar. He's a man of integrity with finances. And I, we're not trying to get rich being preachers. But I do feel there are some here. God's challenged you to give more. And you, because of fear, you're struggling with it. There's somebody that has a large sum of money. To you it's large. I don't know how big it is, but, but it's large to you. And God's challenging you to take a step of faith with those finances. Pastor Omar did not ask me to do this, and I don't I, I don't do that. I would I wouldn't do this unless the Holy Spirit put it on my heart. I hope you know that. But he's challenging you. And God wants you to release that. And you're gonna experience more blessing than you can imagine. More than you can imagine. You think you're gonna invest it? Well, invest in the kingdom. And it's the greatest return you can have. But beyond that, there's things that we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, speak to me. What now, Papa? I'll obey you. That's you. Just, just come and pray with me down at this altar. Would you come? Would you come? Maybe you felt like you're alone at times. Maybe you've felt that invisibility. And you still feel it right now. Even though I may say you're not, you still feel it. Well, come talk to the Lord. Let him minister to you right now in your spirit. Come on, come talk to him. Because you're not invisible. You're not alone. He sees you. He sees you. He's aware of you. Come receive that tonight. Don't let the enemy discourage you. Just receive it tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just have a time of prayer. Stretch your hands forward with ease. You want to, amen. You want to help us pray? Help us pray tonight. We're going to sing a song of worship. Amen. And let's just pray together. Come on, begin to talk to God. Let him minister to you right now. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.